0: Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Collective podcast, hosted by J Dub. I'm joined by Team Kitty, aka Weaver. Uh, he was on episode 22. He's back again. He's here to talk NFL fantasy football, rookie mock draft, who are the interesting players in this year's draft class, and, and kind of go deep there. Talk a little trash about how strong, and I, I use that word loosely, this rookie class is. So I'll be back on the on the flip side.
1: This is America. Don't get you
0: slipping, no. Weaver, Don't long time, slipping, no talk, man. Welcome back to the show. How you doing?
1: Doing great. Getting fired up for fantasy football. Training camp starts in what? 20 days? Is that what we're looking at right now? Or 15 days?
0: I have a Jets fan in my life who just, I saw on one of my feeds that it's 17 days away for, for their camp to open. We're not here to talk about all the sort of random league news, but Deshaun Watson, like, is that guy going to play? You got Jimmy Garoppolo look like he's going to be paid to stay home. There's a lot of interesting quarterback news. We're going to do a little mock draft here. We're going to go through roughly 20 20 players. How many, how many you want to go?
1: Do you want to go the 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 first 16? And then after 16, see if we want to, you know, if we, if we're feeling it to go for an extra three or four.
0: Let's do it. I think that's perfect. So for the listeners we're going to do this assuming a flex league format. And the reason why we do that is because I can't play anything other than flex. It, it, I, and I won't get on my soapbox, but the whole notion that quarterbacks have almost no value in fantasy football leagues to me is blasphemy. If you're in a league like that, it's stupid. So you're going to hear quarterbacks listed earlier than you would in normal drafts. So if you're in a normal fantasy league, just wipe the quarterbacks off. But in leagues we're speaking to here, We're thinking about quarterbacks being the most valuable position. So I had to get that out there. Why don't you do the honors and take the first pick?
1: Okay. Well, even though quarterbacks are by far the most important in our super flex format this year, because there's just not that strong of a quarterback class um, and because running backs, at least bell cows are are few and far between this year. And number one, I want to take the risk on um, getting my bell cow running back and going with the guy who is the most talented and in probably the best position to succeed, gonna get handed the reins right away. And that's brief Hall for the New York Jets.
0: Oh, interesting. So full disclosure, I had him as my third pick. I like him. I, I think talent wise, he's the best running back in this class. But landing with the jets worries me. Um, I'm not sure if they've got a, a consistent enough offense. And then I still like Michael Carter, who is their rookie out of UNC last year, who played pretty well. So I, I had him three, but I like that. I, I think he's clearly the top running back, pure talent-wise. So nice pick.
1: Well, and, the, and the, the other thing that kind of pushed this pick over the edge for me was the news of Zach Wilson today. And just seeing the type of reception he's receiving from his teammates after that news drops. It just seems like this might be a high-tides-raising-all-boats-type scenario. And, uh, you know, you've got this.
0: (laughs) Definitely possible. He's a three-down guy. He has that explosive quickness that translates the NFL. Not high top-end speed, but neither did Barry Sanders, and he seemed to do pretty well. I actually see a little Fred Taylor in him. He's got a quick stop-start, and he's pretty strong to go through arm tackles. So I, I like him. The question I would have is, can the Jets get their, their stuff in order? I mean, they really haven't had a good right. offense in like a decade. And I, when I say right. good, I mean competent, league average kind of thing. So that's where I'd have them ding. But I like that pick. Second pick, I'm taking Kenny Pickett with Pittsburgh. I don't love Kenny Pickett, uh, although I did have him in my college fantasy league. So maybe I'm a little biased. But I, I what I do like, and this is kind of counter to the Hall point I made, is the Steelers just have a really solid organizational structure, a really strong coach. They've got a lot of solid fantasy skill position talent, a plethora of wide receivers. they got a great running back. They've got a couple of tight ends that look good, decent offensive line. And Pickett's actually a little bit more mobile than I think he gets credit for. He's not going to be a great runner, but he, he's a guy that can run for a couple of touchdowns, might add two or 300 yards rushing. And I can easily see this guy end up being a top 15 fantasy performer. He's not going to be top five, but top 15 fantasy performer, performer in a flex league format. That's valuable. So I see this guy having kind of a higher floor. He just doesn't have a massive ceiling. So I, I I take him second. And I think really, this is more of an indictment, quite frankly, of the fact that this draft is not that great top to bottom. There's some talented players, but a lot of them went to you know, kind of sub, subpar situations like Brees Hall, for Mm -hmm. example. So anyhow, that's my second pick. Who do you got third?
1: No, I'm going to go ahead and take, I'm deciding between two players here, um, but I'm just going to stick with my running back theme. I'm taking Kenneth Walker. Um, He lands in a run heavy scheme in Seattle. They're going to be, I I don't know if they'll even throw a pass this year. And so you're going (laughs) to have Rashad Penny. And Kenneth Walker sharing the load. Chris Carson, it sounds like his career could be done. But so I think that we're looking at Rashad Penny, who has shown that when he is actually healthy and playing, he's a game breaker, but he's been healthy for five games of his, his four year career. And so Kenneth Walker, I think is there to basically take the RB one spot moving forward, starting in 2023. So I like him at this
0: spot, at the third pick. Nice. That's a solid one. And I, I agree with all your, your sentiments, other than the fact that uh, I think they'll, they'll pass a little bit more, but I, I hear I hear you. The fourth pick for me, I'm going to break the wide receiver seal. I'm taking Chris mm-hmm. Olave. He lands in a situation in New Orleans where they have better passing that people give him credit for, whether it's um, Winston or, or Taysom Hill. And he likely is their, their number one receiver, although, you know, who knows what happens with Michael Thomas here, but he walks into about 100, 110 targets, talented guy, you know, he's coming from wide receiver factory, um, the, the, uh, the trademarked it now, the Ohio State. I would take him. I don't love, I don't love him. Um, but again, it's, again, it's this, this class, I think he's kind of one of the, the highest floors And pretty solid to to strong ceiling. He could easily be a guy that's got twelve or thirteen hundred yards receiving. I'm not saying he will. I think he's probably in the eight to one thousand yards, five six TDs, and like seventy five catches. But that's really solid production. Someone you can start, particularly in deeper leagues, and as a flex role. So I I like him number four. How about who do you have five?
1: Yeah, I mean uh, I like that pick a lot. Sounds like you've got confidence in uh, in Jameis Winston also as as being the guy there and capable of feeding a guy like Olave, which I, I certainly agree with, but I'm happy to hear that. Let's see, number five, I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter at QB. I love the position that he's fallen into. He's already drawing high praise from his coach, Marcus Mariota, who has proven to be nothing more than a capable backup for the past several years. And when he was the, the guy, basically ran his team into the ground. I think that Desmond Ritter is going to play games this year. Because I don't think that Atlanta is going to be any good. He doesn't have much of a barrier to entry, and I think that he has a good shot at being the guy moving forward in Atlanta. So I like him here at the five.
0: It's a good one. I, the one thing I would say, Marriott has not been bad. If you look at his statistics historically, he's he's actually always played pretty well. He's a good caretaker guy. He's kind of what I think Kenny Pickett could be. Maybe not as athletic, but more of a caretaker. Um, the thing that bugged me about Desmond Ritter is I thought he was a first rounder. So when he fell as far as he did, it kind of threw, it's a little bit of a yellow flag. Doesn't mean he can't be great. He just seems like he's a guy they're probably going to sit on for a year and maybe they're tanking right to get a good pick and see what they get in terms of a quarterback next year. I don't know, but I, I don't mind it. It's, you know, he obviously played great in college, you know, led his, his non-division, you know, power five school to the BCS. Okay. I'm going to go running back uh, Dalvin Cook's little brother, James, who landed, well, I think is in one of the better situations in mm-hmm. Buffalo. Uh, I really liked him. He he has actually a lot of skill set of his brother. Um, he's been a little bit underrated. You know, I don't think he got as much run and he was on kind of a kind of a little bit more mediocre teams than his, than his brother was. He's a great spot. I think the only negatives are he's likely walks in where he's sharing with Devil Singletary and to a certain extent, Josh Allen as well. Um, but I think he's got a little bit more dynamic game. I think he's a better pass receiver, which is a weakness they have there at the running back position. And I think Buffalo could be a really dynamic offense. So you could have a situation where you get, you know, he could be an RB2 this year and, and Singletary could be an RB2 as well, just in terms of total production, particularly in PPR leagues. So yep. uh, he's my pick at set at six. What do you have at seven?
1: At, at seven, I'm going to stick with the Atlanta thing and uh, go with Drake London, the athletic freak. Over the past few years, USC receivers have kind of shed the uh, bust moniker that stuck with them for several years. So I'm not too concerned about the fact that he was at USC, but uh, love love basketball players playing wide receiver, and uh, I think that you know he steps into a situation, especially with. Um, Ridley the gambler out for the year and uh, you know Kyle Pitts is really his only target competition. I I like Drake London as somebody you can produce right away.
0: Okay nice I like that. Um, I had him a little bit lower than a few guys so I'll be able to go to them now. At number eight with wide receiver Jamison Williams. Um, Yep. I really like this guy. He's he's got a little bit of re kill type explosion, I, I see with him. Now the, the concern, and I you know, I think a lot of people think he would have been a top five, six overall pick if he hadn't tore his ACL. If you look at him be- before the ACL, he was a dynamic player and he goes to a situation in mm-hmm. Detroit where he could be the number one guy. You know, they're lacking like a super high end. I know Amon St. Saint- I'm blanking on his name now, but is solid. Amon Rocky Brown. Yeah, he's solid. He's more of a possession guy. Like he's more of your like Tyler Boyd type, whereas I think Jamison Williams is the guy who's got the talent to be your your Jamar Chase, your kind of number one guy, like your your Justin Jefferson. And so I like him there. I think it's an underrated offense. They're certainly not going to be top 10 with Jared Goff at the helm, but they were surprisingly better than people gave him credit for last year. And I think if if Williams is is relatively, you know, 85, 90% of what you saw, pre-injury he could be um you get out out at uh, you know he could be way up here in fact i would probably move him up to the number two ish pick for me if he's flashing in the preseason um and uh, and you know he's going to start the year healthy because I, I do think he's he's a guy that's going to get a ton of targets and has explosiveness so he's kind of in that chris olave Bucket and to a certain extent Drake London too to your point like those guys are walking into good situations where they're going to be fed the ball. Who do you have at nine?
1: At nine, this is this is where it gets tough. I mean, we're we're I think that there's probably about five or six guys I could slot in right here, and I could they could either be very wrong or very right. But I am going to go with Garrett Wilson, even though he is a Jet, and we 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 know that you don't love what the Jets have been on offense. For the past decade, for good reason. He was the, the first receiver taken in this draft, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so uh, I, I think that him alongside of um, Elijah Moore, there's not a whole lot of competition for targets. And he's walking into, like you said, with Olave, we're probably talking about 90 to 110 targets right away in his rookie year.
0: Yeah. yeah. Drake London, by the way, was the first pick. First okay. wide receiver and first offensive player selected at number eight. Garrett Wilson was second at ten, so so good pick. And Ohio State went back to back, ten and eleven. Olave was was the eleventh pick, and Jamison Williams was twelve. Um, so we had four receivers between eight and twelve this year. So yeah, no, it's that's a solid, it's a solid pick. I actually I like it for the same reasons why I think we all liked um, Williams. London and Olave, they're all going into situations where they could be and likely should be the number one receivers. And they're on teams that are going to have to throw or already have, you know, passing focused offenses. So I think, you know, none of them have a number one receiver, basically, they don't have a dominant tight end. I guess in, in London's case, you know, you've got Kyle Pitts, who's effectively a number one, but in the other guys you don't. So it'll be interesting. I like that. I had another receiver ahead of that, though, and actually he, he slipped here. I had him uh, seven overall on my list, but that's wide receiver Christian Watson. Um, right. He, he's a guy who I didn't know a lot about, but you go watch him. He's got pretty good speed. His measurables, measurables were solid. Um, very big guy, but he was very productive, too, and he goes to a situation where he's got a quarterback who can just throw dimes, And it needs targets. Like you look at who they lost. They lost arguably, you know, two of their top three targets from last year gone, including his security blanket. So he needs a new security blanket. It may not be a rookie, but if it ends up being a rookie, Christian Watson is going to end up being drafted way too low in all fantasy drafts. So I like him for his upside, particularly at this point in the draft. If you get him around the 10th pick, that's a, that's great value in my opinion. So. Okay, you got 11th here coming
1: up. Okay, at 11, you know, I'm going to go with Rashad White, the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, primarily for his receiving prowess. We know how Brady likes to use his running backs as outlets. And so, I mean, I see this guy being like a, kind of a bigger, stronger, faster version of James White. And I went this direction a couple of years ago with Keyshawn Vaughn, but Keyshawn Vaughn's not nearly the athlete this guy is really like Rashad White's potential to be a great producer in the receiving game. And he could, you know, you never know what you're going to get with Leonard Fournette. He could end up taking over the job.
0: Yep. It's funny doing this little mock here. I'm like the draft wasn't as bad, particularly at the receiver position, a ton of receivers. So, which is a a good segue into at 12, I'm going to take Trayvon Burke or Burks. Yeah. He's walking into. He's actually probably walking into one outside of Christian Watson, the best offense we've talked about with these players. You know, it's a Tennessee's a solid offense. You've got a great running game. You have a, a pretty. You know, you have a above average starting quarterback who knows how to get the ball to his receivers. I think he's locked into a ton of targets. Will, will he get? Uh, you know. Uh, 150 targets, no, but he's probably locked into 100 targets minimum if he's healthy. So I, I like him at this t- stage of the draft.
1: And I, I actually had him originally as my number one receiver coming off the board um, until I, you know, I heard that he had asthma, and then I suddenly started hearing in my mind the, the Jimmy Johnson rant about uh, sending guys to the asthma field and then cutting them because they had asthma. And so um, <laughs> dropped That's- down. My- he nice. dropped down my board a little bit, but I really do like this pick for all the reasons you just said. I mean, he's walking into a ton of targets. He's huge. And people were saying that he was the most pro ready of any of them. So yeah. I'll 19. check. That. Okay, number
0: okay. Number 13.
1: Okay. Number 13. I'm going to stick with the um, wide receiver theme and go with sky Moore. Kansas city just lost. It's you know, one of the most epic playmakers we've seen in in recent history. Um, The the number one guy there right now is either Juju Smith-Schuster or McColl Hardman. Is that what we're talking about? So this guy has a real potential to come in and potentially establish himself as the number one sometime during the course of this season. And I, I did see that he had a soft tissue injury, which is a little bit concerning, but I'm not going to let you know a minor pulled hamstring um, at this stage bother me. If it's lingering throughout um, throughout training camp, then I'll start to get concerned. But right now, I'm not really worried. I like this guy's production in college, and I like where he was. I like the the draft equity that was uh, placed in this guy. I think he's going to be given a a big shot to to be the number one.
0: I like that. He was definitely on my list. You've had a couple here that didn't even make my top 18 or 20. This guy was right <laughs> there. This guy was right there. I really like him. Um, I I think he's like a poor man's Tyreek, actually, when I when I watch him play. Um, but with that quarterback in that situation, the only thing I would say is I do, you know, they, they signed a couple guys, some retreads. And he seems to be, he being the quarterback, Mahomes, seems to be a guy, obviously, Kelsey's number one and he does spread it around a lot so who knows mm-hmm. um i'm not a mccall hardman fan in fact i've been invested in him for far too long in fantasy and everyone's now hyping him up but if you watch those games he drops so many balls um mm-hmm. so he's been a bust and i quite frankly i think this draft pick proves that he's been a bust they wouldn't have drafted this guy if mccall hardman and had become the guy they expected so that's a good one
1: and i think that's they brought in uh, Veldes Gatling, too, who is also a big-time ball dropper, but
0: can certainly stretch the
1: field. But I don't see him as becoming a number one in, in, in that system.
0: No. I agree. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to go off my list a little bit here. With number 14, Good go running back Isaiah Spiller with the Chargers. And here's why. They are hands-down should have one of the best offenses in the NFL. There's a lot of talk around Herbert as a MVP candidate. They're very deep at receiver. They're running back. And there's been a couple different guys fitting this bill has been a top 10, actually top five on a per game basis, fantasy producer for I think five years straight or four years straight, something crazy. Mm -hmm. And Eckler, great player. But that guy takes a ton of abuse and it's he's very injury prone. And I think Spiller, while he's not gonna be a 17 game RB one, I think in spurts he could be an RB one. And he quite frankly is very similar. He's almost like a, a facsimile of Eckler with maybe a little bit more upside. So I like this is both near term playing the injury odds. And then long term, he has the talent. I would say he's one of my sleepers, not to say he's a huge sleeper, but I think he was a fourth rounder. So it's not like he was an early pick. But I like that offense. I like that, you know, I like Eckler's good player. I just, I could see him getting injured. And this guy naturally kind of walks into a really nice situation. So
1: he does because he's got to beat out. I mean, it sounds like Josh Kelly is on the roster bubble as it is. So we're not too worried about him. And then Larry Roundtree, I think that me at age 47, I'm faster than Roundtree is. So I think that Spiller is basically getting handed the number two job um, pretty much right out of the shoot,
0: Yeah, because he, he does the things that Eckler does. So if Eckler's hurt, I think the thing with Spiller is if Eckler's healthy, Spiller might even have some game day inactives because he doesn't do the round tree stuff. He doesn't do the Kelly stuff. But I think if Eckler's hurt, and again, we need to see this in the preseason. Right? You got to see these guys uh, like – do they actually do they? Does their speed translate? Does their size translate? There's a lot of stuff I need to see in the preseason, but I saw enough in college to see like this guy is talented. I think he fell too far in the draft, quite frankly. I mean, he was a good player in the SEC. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, 15. Who are you going with?
1: So, 15. You know, there's one guy I really I feel like is dropping, but I'm just going to leave him and let him continue to drop. I'm going to jump in with Jahan Dotson. Oh, um, oh. nice back. Love, love, love this guy. Love this guy at Penn State. I mean, he didn't, didn't really ever have a quarterback throwing to him, but each time he touched the ball, he was electric. I mean, we've been talking about Tyreek Hill quite a bit. I think this guy has those types of attributes. He can stop on a dime. He has blazing speed. Has like maybe the best hands of anybody in the draft from what I'm reading and um he's going to a place where we're looking at terry mclaurin has, has re-signed there so he'll be the number one but i mean he, this guy's going to be the number like have a real good shot as being the number two guy there um you know he's got curtis samuel who as soon as he signed that big contract decided that he's going to go back to never playing a game and so can you count on him to come in and even so i don't think that he and Dotson are the same player so um I think that I, mean, I just think that Dotson's gonna has a real good shot of getting of getting a, a ton of targets. I like. I mean, if you look at Carson Wentz's stats last year, he actually wasn't that bad from a fantasy perspective. And I think that you know if he can recreate his year in Indianapolis in Washington, there's going to be some some good stats produced at the receiver position. So uh, so I like Johnson here.
0: I like that. It's a good pick. Um. On that note, I, I'm on pick 16, I'm going to actually stick with the same team, and I'm going to go um, Brian Robinson, running back out of Alabama. Obviously, you've got Antonio Gibson here, and you have a kind of mediocre offense, so to speak, but there's something about Brian Robinson and there's something about Alabama running backs in general that are just like bell cow, kind of consistent chain movers. I don't think the ceiling is crazy high for Robinson. But I I like him as a guy who could get 30, 40 catches as a more consistent kind of threat and more well-rounded player in the backfield and then get 180 to 220 carries as the sort of primary first and second down guy. And Antonio Gibson becomes more of your third down change of pace guy. If you look at their body types, that's kind of how they they fit. Mm but that's a guess. I liked Brian Robinson. I had him on my fantasy team. I actually, I think we all, anyone listening to this, probably saw a lot of Brian Robinson because Alabama's on every single week on national TV. Um, He's Mm -hmm. a good player though. He ran through arm tackles. He's tough to bring down. You know, he fits that mindset that, um, that Ron Rivera wants in, in a team. He wants the, the, he wants to make first downs. He wants to consistently move the ball. I could see Brian Robinson being kind of one of the surprise running backs in this draft. And, he, and it wasn't like he fell a lot in, but he was still a fourth round pick. He wasn't high up there. So that's why I've got him. Okay. Yeah, his, his,
1: his By Washington was a, was a heartbreaker for all Jarrett Patterson. truthers like myself.
0: Very true. Yeah, who knows he's a fourth round pick. You know, he could, he could not translate um, be inactive next year. I just, I'm going with the pedigree of Alabama. So who do you have at 17? At 17,
1: I am going to go with Damian Pierce, Houston Texans. Like the position that he's been dropped into in terms of opportunity to take the lead role. I don't really love what I'm seeing in Houston. Um, I think they're going to be playing from behind quite a bit. And so, you know, receiving backs like Rex Burkhead probably going to end up getting more touches but i think this guy's been put in a position to be the rb1 if, if if all things shake out right so at pick 17 i think i'm willing to take that risk
0: okay i like it i think it's a good pick because to your point they need a guy there and they need someone to take the pressure off the quarterback the one downside is they're not going to be leading in a lot of games So they're not going to be salt in the clock and all that good stuff. We'll keep going here. I've got, I've got a handful of guys, so uh, I'll keep going. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump here a little bit further down. I've got another guy higher than this, but given the, the, the run we're going here, I'm going to go running back. Ty Davis price, um, San Francisco. This is mostly just landing spot. Um, Mm I actually don't love this guy. He was not bad but he wasn't spectacular in college. However, my feeling, you draft someone in the third round, particularly a team that's kind of challenged with picks in the the 49ers, um, and one that was seemingly on paper deep at running back, tells me that they really like this guy and there's something unique about him. He's clearly a differentiated type of player than Elijah Mitchell. He's a bruising, move the pile type of guy. And yet, if you listen to what, Shanahan talked about him. It was, it was sort of this, he was enamored with this one cut, really quick acceleration thing with him at a much bigger size than they have on their roster today. Even Trey Sermon's a much smaller guy. It's a hunch, an educated hunch based on Shanahan's track record and just the 49ers offense. I mean, you got a great offensive line. You've got a young quarterback. I could see them running the ball a ton this year. So at this point in the rookie draft, I think this is really sound. Uh, for me, at least, sound pick.
1: I, I like this pick a lot. My my question to you is: What do you think the pick of TDP
0: means for Trey Sermon? Yeah, when I saw this happen, my guess was that Trey Sermon is disappointing. They, they you know they got him in the camp and realized we made a mistake on this pick. Right. You just never know with Shanahan. He might have just had him in the doghouse just to prove a point, and Elijah Mitchell played well. And there's like, oh, we'll stick with Mitchell. You can drop capital on
1: PDP, didn't
0: you? Wasn't he third round? Yeah, he was third round. That's exactly why I'm picking him here. To me, you don't spend a third round pick on a guy, especially the Niners, given their situation where they've given away their first and seconds. Um, so my guess is they're expecting this guy to perform, and he's probably mm-hmm. the kind of more thunder. To the lightning of Mitchell is my guess, but again, it's a hunch. You just never know when hitting him.
1: Uh, well, should we should we keep going because that, this is a what was that pick number twenty right there? That's
0: yeah, pick eighteen.
1: So I we, do, 18. we just do two
0: more and we'll get to twenty. Okay. Ooh,
1: well, I can't believe he's fallen this far, but because he has, I gotta take him. Uh, Malik Willis at nineteen. Yeah. Um, he's you know, people were talking about him potentially being a, a first-round pick. People were talking about him being potentially the first quarterback taken. Yep. Um, the fact that he dropped as he did probably speaks more to the overall strength of this draft class. But just his overall his overall measurables were 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 strong. I mean, he's fast. He's like a Lamar Jackson type, and he steps into a pretty good situation with a quarterback who basically. Threw his team out of the playoffs last year, a team that could have very easily gone to the Super Bowl if he could have just not been a crackhead with the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so I think that um, Tannehill could very well be on his way out. And Malik Willis is right there to step in and play. I don't expect him to get a whole lot of runs next year, but I certainly like him for 2023. And so at pick 19, I'm definitely very comfortable going here.
0: I like that. I had him at twelve. So, uh, in fact, I jumped him for the Ty Davis Price uh, selection, just given the the rhythm we were in. Um, but I yeah. agree with everything you said. I think he he has that potential to be fantasy gold. You know, kind of a top five performer. Um, and you know, has R- been solid. Like I I think he's a uh, underrated for what he is. But I'm not sure he's a Super Bowl quarterback. This is the NBA. He'd probably already have been um, ushered out. Um, because he can't, he can't quite do it. So, um, okay. With 20th pick, I'm going to go a little random here. I'm going running back Keontae Ingram, Arizona. Um, oh. this for me is all about opportunity. You look at who's ahead of him. You got a solid James Connor. Um, but he's been injury prone and then it's pretty wide open. You know, you've got some competition there. It's not like he's given the the number two role. It's not like he's you know. But I like the opportunity there with an offense that's wide open. Um, With Kyler Murray, the defense can't hone in on the running back and just stack the stack the line of scrimmage. They've got to have a roamer. And Mm -hmm. if you look at that team, the running back since Murray's been there, the running backs produced. They put up numbers like two years ago. uh, Yeah, two years ago was uh, what's his name? Um, Guys, now. Uh, well, Chase Edmonds, but also the guy that oh. went to the Raiders. I'm blanking on his name right now. The former second round pick. Yeah. Um, and then James Connor had an outstanding year last year. So I, I could just see this being, you know, a situation where this guy comes out of nowhere, but we'll see. Oh, love well that. So we're at 20. Any other guys that you would kind of throw out there? I've got one I would throw out, but that, we don't need to name him as the 21st. I would just throw his name out there. Any, yeah. any, oh. Go on. Um
1: yeah, I've got a. I'll, I'll,
0: I'll throw out one.
1: Alex Pierce, I like in Indianapolis. Yeah. White Hilton is, is done. So you got Michael Pittman. This guy, you don't really have a, a strong tight end presence there. Um, and so I, I think that Alex Pierce is, you know, what I'm reading is it has a real good shot at locking in the number two spot and being a equal presence in the red zone to Michael Pittman.
0: Yeah, I like that one. The only other name I'd throw out there who I really liked in college. And unfortunately if he hadn't got hurt, I think he would have been drafted higher. And I think he landed in a mm-hmm. terrible location is quarterback Mike yep. Matt Corral. I really liked him. I think he's got a little bit of uh he's just a fighter, you know, to a certain extent there's a little bit of, of the Desmond Ritter thing. Corral's a little bit more athletic, but he won, right. He won in the sec with some talent, but on a, you know, a very sub talented team relative to the rest of the, the league. I like him, but I think he's unlikely going to take snaps in 22 because yeah, you know, I, I like, uh, quite frankly, I'm, I'm higher on Baker midfield than most. I don't think he's a star, but I think he's probably like a Ryan Tannehill type, right? Like he's going to land somewhere and end up being a starting quarterback for eight to 10 years and never be amazing, but be decent. Um, and then obviously Sam Darnold's there and he's locked in as kind of the number two if he doesn't, you know, doesn't beat. Mayfield out. So I think Corral is probably inactive most of the year. And, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a keeper league, that's probably a, a, a positive because he's going to sit and learn. Nope. And you've got talent there. Any yeah. others?
1: Uh, I'll just throw out a few more names. I won't give any analysis of them, but uh, Tyler Algier, John Mechie, um, Wondell Robinson, the, those three, all our guys that seem like they've ended, landed in well. Two of those guys have landed in good positions. John Mechie, I just think, you know, coming from Alabama, he would have been higher if he hadn't gotten hurt also. Um, and so I, I like all three of those guys' potential.
0: Yep. I agree with all those. Very talented. John Mechie is a very talented guy. Another guy, Zamir White I liked, but I don't see that guy as anything more than a really good kind of rotational running back, special teams player. He was another guy that was was really nice player for at Georgia and player for me on my fantasy league. So I'm a little mm-hmm. biased. Um, so, but your yeah.
1: championship winning, your championship winning team.
0: Championship In winning, California. yeah. Yeah, I I mean I won like I really won on the backs of just some really solid quality performers. Darren Ely, Samir White. Uh, Brian Robinson. So I had a lot of these guys who I think are solid pros, but none of them are going to be stars. I'm a little bit biased on, on the overall, on an overall whole though. I, I I'm just a little down on this class to be totally Frank. I, I, you know, there's going to be some guys here, whether it's Olave or Williams or Christian Watson or, or Drake London, maybe a sky more who become stars. I'm confident of that. I think Kenny Pickett has the looks like he's going to be a, a long-time average starting quarterback, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there's any star quarterbacks in this draft. I don't know if there's any like truly star running backs. Maybe Brees Hall. He's definitely got the talent. Um, I really, I really wish Brees Hall had landed with Buffalo or the or the Rip. Chargers. I think those those teams would have been pretty spectacular. But oh, yeah, I'm
1: not nearly about this one about this class that was last year's class or. 2023 looks like it
0: might be shaping up to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Weaver, I really appreciate you joining again. It's an awesome, awesome take. We've got a, a couple weeks or a month ahead until the, till the fantasy drafts really start kicking. It's going to be awesome to see how these things play out. I can't wait for the preseason. So thank you for joining.
1: Yeah. I, I just, I wish I could just, be on super mario brothers and warp from the level i'm on right now to level four or eight so i could uh start watching some football again i don't this know how i'm
0: gonna tough, make it it's a tough time of the summer <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. and yeah i hope you all enjoy the episode uh again if you like it uh subscribe it's uh, available at all your different podcasts apple Podcasts, google play store soundcloud tune in stitcher spotify on that note have a great day take care we leave. All right
1: take care
0: let me tell you a little something uptown funky you up uptown funky you up uptown funky you up uptown fun you up <laughs> I said, uptown funky up <laughs> <laughs>